0: Are we going to be happy when we die? Oof, Deacon Dan, isn't that a little heavy for your second weekend here at our parish? Maybe, but I hope you'll bear with me. Modern Western culture has a tendency to be really fickle. I don't think we'd ever really want to say that we could trust our culture further than we could throw it, if we could throw it. In fact, if we were trying to have a con- conversation with the personification of our culture about death and the last things of life, it might sort of try to sidestep the question like a stereotypical, stereotypical dip- diplomat or a little kid who knows he's in trouble. Did you take a cookie from the cookie jar? What cookie jar? But we'd be fooling ourselves, doing ourselves a disservice If we didn't take time to think of these things, the fact is that we are all going to die. And when that happens, many will tend to us. Doctors, funeral home directors, our priests, our families, our friends. But our preparation for the end of life must start now. How we live our life here and what we place our trust in will determine the outcome of our life which has only begun here on earth. Our Lord helps us to think about this. He describes a situation in which an unattractive character, this dishonest steward, acts in order to provide security for himself once he is inevitably sacked by his current master. The steward sees the impending doom of his career And fearing heavy labor and begging as alternatives, works deals with the debtors of his master so that he can have a place to go once he's on the streets. This passage leaves a lot of people scratching their heads. Is Jesus promoting some sort of secular prudence? Does Jesus want us to learn how to live life from the dishonest steward? On the contrary. He is setting up this character as an example of how men operate when they are only concerned about how they will fare in this life. The Lord notes that the dishonest steward, though he might have lost his position under his current master, acted in a way that would allow him to continue prospering once he was no longer under that master's charge. Jesus continues to say that those of us with the light of truth and faith have all the more reason to act with the same sort of prudence as this dishonest steward, but pointed in a different direction. The way we act and go about our lives during this life is going to affect what happens to us when we die. We must be prudent stewards in this life if we are going to prosper in the next The Lord points especially to one danger that threatens our ability to prepare well for the end of our earthly lives and the hope of entry into the heavenly homeland. He calls this mammon. Many translate that word as money, but really this word can refer to anything we put our trust in in this life. Jesus says we cannot serve both God and mammon. We cannot have our trust Divided between two. If we were to die right now, could we honestly say that our trust in God is not divided out to other things apart from Him? Recently, I've been reading a book by the author Nicolas Diet. He's a Frenchman. The title is A Time to Die. Monks on the Threshold of Eternal Life. So in this book, Mr. Diet, who is a well-known interviewer in the Catholic world, visits a number of monasteries throughout Western Europe in order to interview monks about how they approach death. The monks who live their lives totally apart from the world, choosing to live a life of simplicity and contemplation, see death in a necessarily different way than perhaps the rest of the world. The monks share many stories about their brothers who have gone to meet the Lord. Some have died rather young, some old, some in sickness, and some simply due to old age. No matter the circumstances, there are invariably two details which permeate the stories of these monks—hope and joy. One story is about Brother Vincent Marie of the Resurrection. He's a monk of La Grasse Abbey in the south of France. Brother Vincent died at the age of 38, after a long struggle with multiple sclerosis. He was, at the end of his life, a shriveled husk of a man, dependent on so many even just to continue breathing. In the eyes of the world, This man was pitiable, poor, downtrodden, nothing. But in fact, Brother Vincent knew what was hidden in the suffering and the dying. This man, who freely gave up his attachments to the world in order to place his trust only in the Lord, denying any mammon, united his sufferings to Christ, and died joyfully and full of hope. My friends, we do not need to enter a monastery to achieve this necessary goal of the Christian life. In fact, monks see themselves merely as our brother Christians who are doing the same thing we are, namely, seeking a greater trust in the Lord, worshiping Him in our attendance at Mass and in our bodies, living lives of virtue and hoping for heaven. Our world will try to tell you that you need, to, need it to thrive, to prosper. But that's a bold-faced lie. The Lord gives us the opportunity here and now to choose Him or Mammon. He gives us the opportunity to play a role in our own salvation. He won't force you to do anything. He loves you too much for that. Loving Him in return means for us to deny the mammon of our lives, whether it be money, some habitual sin, or countless other things. As it turns out, learning from the life of Brother Vincent, we are actually happier doing what we ought. This is what I desire for you.